Hello, and welcome to episode 240 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. All right, I have a question for you. What could make this year your best year ever as a manager? Do you need a thought partner or advisor who can help you work through tough situations? What about gaining specific skills to improve the effectiveness of your meetings or build confidence in how you give feedback? Or maybe you need some external accountability to ensure that you are taking the actions that you intend to. Well, I can help you with all of these and a lot more through the Modern Manager Skills Accelerator. After gathering feedback from participants over the past few months, I have completely upgraded the program, which you can learn more about at themodernmanager.com slash skills accelerator. I invite you to check it out and to invest in yourself this year so that you can unleash your managerial greatness. The link is in the show notes. And again, it's themodernmanager.com slash skills accelerator. Today's guest is Dr. Marilee Adams. Marilee is an award-winning author and pioneer in the fields of inquiry-based coaching, leadership, and organizational culture. She is CEO and founder of the Inquiry Institute, a solutions and performance-focused company providing consulting, coaching, training, keynotes, and e-learning. She is the author of the best-selling book, Change Your Questions, Change Your Life, 12 Powerful Tools for Leadership, Coaching, and Results. Marilee and I talk about the powerful questions we ask without even realizing it that shape our thoughts and actions. We get into what you can do to recognize these questions and start to change them so you can truly transform your relationships and really your life. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Thank you so much for joining me today, Marilee. I'm really excited. I just finished reading your book, Change Your Questions, Change Your Life. And I read a lot for for the podcast. I read a lot for my work. And this has got to be one of the best books I've read so far. I just really, really loved the storytelling in it and the concepts. And so I'm just really excited to have you here today to talk through it with my audience and me. And I'm excited to share with them about the book. And also, of course, I'm curious about your enthusiasm and how you think it could be helpful to your audience. Well, let's start with just the the basics. So what is the idea behind Change Your Questions, Change Your Life? Well, it's an interesting question because it seems like it's simple. It's not. (laughs) Usually people will say, well, this person has one great idea. Well, in this case, there are two, and they are linked, but it's important to think about them separately. The first one is just really about thinking itself, and that's whether we're at work or at home and in life, that we actually think in terms of questions, although people are not aware of that. Mm -hmm. But when you become aware of that, you have access to altering your thinking, assessing and altering your thinking for better experiences and results everywhere. So learning about how we think with questions turns out to be incredibly practical and sometimes transformational. The second part is that we're always in one of two mindsets that I call learner mindset and judger mindset. And when we can identify the mindset that we're operating from 
in this moment and this moment and this moment, it gives us an enormous leverage for being able to assess, will the mindset where I am give me what I want? And just, I'll, I'll say it very quickly, a description of the two mindsets so that, that your, your listeners know what I'm talking about. So we have two mindsets. We will always have both those mindsets. We've had them since we were born. We'll have them until we leave the unit, the, the planet. And so the first one is the learner mindset. And when we, and of course it's a we because it's all of us, when we are in our learner mindsets, we're more open-minded, accepting, curious, and our relationships tend to be more win-win. When we are in judger, and it could be only a nanosecond later, (laughs) and this is true for all of us, when we are in judger, we're more close-minded, we're often more short-sighted. We are judgmental which and critical. It's not the same as good judgment and critique. It's judgmental. And if you go to the dictionary, judgmental basically means attacking self or others. That's important because we can aim our judger mindset at ourselves and end up with lots of doubt and fear and concern and or we can aim our judger mindset towards others and have the the effect of being very critical dismissive relationships or win lose we do not question assumptions particularly in judger but we do in learner and the amazing thing is we all have both of these and when we can see them it gives us the power to choose which one we're in rather than being at the effect of it. So I like to say, either you have your mindset or your mindset has you. So those two things together, question thinking and knowing how to manage and even master your mindset provides an enormous practical results-oriented advantage, and also an experience and relationship advantage. And it's it's an easy step to say, and I'll just ask it as a question, are we more effective as judger managers or as learner managers? It's so I, I loved this framing and both of these concepts. And I think one of the reasons why it resonated so strongly with me is because as a coach, my job is often to help people see their mindsets, right? change their outlook, change their behavior. And that is, it's hard. And the approach that you've just laid out actually just gets to the heart of it so quickly. And when we can, as you say, like start to recognize that our thoughts, even though they're framed as statements often in our minds, they're actually answering questions. There are questions that have preceded those. And when we start to to like look at those questions, those questions are leading us to certain kinds of answers. And when you change your questions, you will find new answers. So I just, I feel like it's such a practical approach that we can use for ourselves and for our teams. So let's dig a little deeper here. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you can give a couple of examples of the kinds of questions we might be asking when we're in that learner mindset and then questions that we're asking in the judger mindset to really bring this to life. Okay. So I hope that that as you're listening, you're also letting those questions sink in and asking yourself, 
is this something I ask so, mm-hmm. so that you can kind of get it in you, which of course is the point. So when we're in learner mindset, we're more likely to ask questions like what happened, but factually, what do I want? What is my ownership here? What new ways could I think? What would be a win-win solution? What could be creative? And as a manager, you'd be asking, how can I support and empower the people around me? What do they need to thrive so that they personally thrive and they contribute the most to whatever we're working on? So that would be in the learner side. When we're in judger, and I say when because it's inevitable for every (laughs) single one of us, when we're in judger, we're more likely to be asking questions like, what's wrong? In general, just assuming something is wrong and something is bad, has bad implications. We could be asking, what's wrong with me? Why didn't I make it? Why am I such a failure? Why did I get stuck with this team or this boss or this customer? would be asking, well, who's to blame? Is it me or them? Or we'd be asking kind of limited questions about, well, since we can't really do anything about this, let's just do that. So there's an assumption of no possibility. There's a huge assumption of possibility from learner. With judger, it's a very limited view. And because people are in in judger, one of the things I didn't say is that when we're in judger, we're more needing certainty and safety and things to be exactly the way we want them to be. And of course, life is not like that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we need is to have the agility and the resilience and the skill to be asking questions in every moment, because whatever was true in the five minutes ago may not be, or yesterday may not be, or last month may not be. You don't know what's happened in the news. You don't know what's happened to one of your your the best people you work with and they look off that day and you don't know their wife or their husband are in the hospital you don't know so and unfortunately judger often comes down to being defensive or being aggressive hmm. neither of which is going to help a team or a professional move forward with a positive experience for themselves nor a positive experience of being productive and collaborative. Yeah. So one of the models you had in your book that I think illustrates this, these two different mindsets so well, is the choice map. So Mm -hmm. can you explain the choice map and kind of how these paths work and how they can have this intersection of that like happy space where you can be on the switching path? Yes, I would love to. Choice map is one of my favorite things in the world. And it's in all of my books, by the way. The, the choice map is a single illustration of everything I've set up till now. And it, it looks a little cartoonish. It's very accessible and it's very intuitive. So people can look at it and, I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of people have done this in courses and reporting to us. And when I do keynotes and they can look at it and it maps out the two mindsets we're in. So it maps out learner mindset and it maps out judger mindset. Judger mindset, the road to it ends up in 
what we call the famous judger pit, which is a mud pit. You're not going anywhere except down. And it illustrates the 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 judge and mindset path illustrates how we that when we think with questions, if we're thinking with the question like what's wrong with me or what's wrong with them or whose fault is it or why am I such a failure, those kinds of questions will land us in the judger pit. By contrast, when we're on the learner mindset path, we are asking very different questions with a very different mood and attitude behind them. Because there's always a sense of possibility, exploration, and innovation, and, and, and new solutions. So on the learner path, we would be asking questions like some that I mentioned already. What happened? What's my responsibility? What are the best things to do going forward? I'm going to add some that aren't on the choice map but are relevant to people who manage people. What are the strengths of the people around me? How can we collaborate the best? What are some unsuspected resources we have that we could take advantage of? What would be fun? Mm. I know that sounds like a strange question, but listen, if we're not having fun and enjoying ourselves and what we do, at least a bit, it's not a good thing for us or our teams or the people we associate or the workplace or the business. Now, The other thing that maybe you were just describing is the switching lane, which is what makes the choice map very practical or more practical. The first practical part is being able to identify which mindset we're in, which is incredibly practical. But then if we discover we're in judger, and we often are, then the question is, well, what can you do about it? Well, first, you have to notice judger non-judgmentally, which is not as simple as it sounds. (laughs) But then There are strategies for switching from judger to learner. Some of those strategies are cognitive, like how we think, and there are switching questions that we can ask. So once we recognize we're in judger, non-judgmentally, and we've decided we want to get to learner, there are some questions that we can ask to help us get there. Like, do I want to be feeling or doing this? If I keep going the way I am, how is it going to affect the people around me and our results. And two that I really love, one is how else can I think about this, which really broadens people's view. And the other is, regardless of what's going on, who do I choose to be in this moment? Wow. Which is an incredibly important moment by moment question for all of us humans at work and at home. And while I'm On the choice map, I know this is auditory only so that you all are listening but not seeing. Maybe you can visualize sort of what I just said, but you can go to my website and download a free copy of the choice map. And I would love for you to do that because the choice map is so powerful. I just talked to a client from 10 years ago yesterday where I spent, it it was a government agency, well, actually a military agency in in New Hampshire, and they still have choice maps all over the place. Wow. And and that happens pretty often, that when I go back to a client, they go, oh, you're that choice map lady. (laughs) I love them. So I think another reason why I, I loved the choice map, and especially these switching questions, is I can definitely recall 
moments, I mean, without even having that language, but just thinking back on on different moments of my life where I was in judger mindset, noticed what was going on and said, this doesn't seem to be working the way that I want it to go. How else can I approach this? Or what do I really want out of this conversation? Or what do I really need to feel good about this right now when like if I can't get what I actually, you know, what I'm trying to get out of this conversation, what can I get in a way that's a positive, not in the like, oh, how am I going to manipulate this to get what I need? But in a way that's like, what do I really need in this moment to feel good and to make this productive? And the choice map just gave me some like a model for that and some language for that. So I just it feels like I, I could recall very specific moments. And I'm wondering if there is a story that you have from either your own life or from a client and how how this model has helped them through some of those moments. Okay, first of all, I you just illustrated something beautiful that I want to underscore, which is that a lot of this is intuitive. And mm-hmm. like like what you just described is you were intuitively switching without the language. And then when you got the language, saw the choice map, you had a model for it. But the fact that this is so intuitive is part of what makes it so powerful because people can use it. It's not only that I'm teaching something new. It's also, and more importantly, I'm helping people understand something they already do and how to make it predictable Mm -hmm. so they can be reliable with it. And that means that they can be more confident in themselves and the changes they're making and all of that. And I think that's a great virtue of this. And it's also great. You can, that makes you understand how you could use this system as complimentary to just about anything else out there and which I won't go through because our time is <laughs> limited, but yes. So maybe tell us some stories now of, of folks who've had those transformations. I'm going to tell you a personal story. It's not a work-related story, but all of us have personal relationships. So my husband is an artist, a psychologist, a poet, he's pretty much a Renaissance man. And one time I was walking past his home office and he got this big grin on his face and he said, come in, I want to show you something or tell you something. So, of course, I went in. Remember, he's looking really proud and happy. And he said to me, well, I just wrote a haiku and I sent it off to a publisher. Mamie, I went so judger, so fast, (laughs) like in a nanosecond, because what happened inside me was, and I'm going to exaggerate this, but what happened inside of me was, what? (laughs) You wrote something and you didn't show it to me before you sent it somebody? Aren't I important anymore? I mean, that's how fast we go into judger. We just do. Fortunately, I've been practicing my own work for many years, and I have really reinforced that switching muscle and that switching habit. So, I knew instantly that I was in judger, and I'd better keep my mouth shut for a second <laughs> so I didn't make a problem. And then I literally and really authentically switched myself wow. in real time and was able to say authentically to him, well, that's wonderful, sweetheart. I can't wait to read it. <laughs> and then I got myself out of his office as fast as I could. <laughs> 
And I started thinking about what would have been the cost in our relationship and in that interaction if I had stayed judger. And you could see quickly that there would have been some very serious cost in trust and risk-taking and communication and intimacy. And the thing is, well, that happens all the time in normal life with normal people like all of us. But if it happens a lot and we don't know how to correct it, then it can have some really serious and negative consequences. I love that story. And I mean, it's just it's such a beautiful example. And the the thinking about the cost, right? Like, I feel like that's a piece that we often don't consider is how our our current mindset and our behavior kind of creates momentum in one direction or the other. And I've definitely had conversations that and where it feels like it's going nowhere and it's, everyone's just getting more frustrated. And then also conversations where that switch happens and the whole conversation and dynamic turns around and it's it's a beautiful thing. So I want to go back to this idea of recognizing when we are in judger without being judgmental about it. And any tips you have on how we can notice when our mindset is there, because that feels like the start, like that feels like the first step is you got to notice. And so any thoughts or tips on how we can get better at noticing our own mindset so that we can then switch if we need to? You just hit the nail on the head in terms of what is the challenge and the possibility. And I think this is a really important thing. So sometimes people say, well, I don't like this judger stuff. I won't do it. Well, you can't not do it because <laughs> you're hardwired for it. The, the Our judger, for those of you who are aware of emotional intelligence and all that, judger is really more associated with the part of our brain that's there for protection and survival. And you need it. Sometimes it's a skill overused, but we need it. If we don't like that part of ourselves, we tend to reject it or not want to identify it. Well, I don't like to think of myself as a person who gets scared and fearful or who yells at people or who doesn't make the best decisions because I'm so reactivated that I can't think straight or whatever. But we all do. So the first thing is we can create a different relationship with our judger, which is really essential that I was going for in the book and that I go through in all of our workshops and webinars and all of that. It's always there. How can we appreciate and not go judger on our judger, which then doubles judger or actually more than doubles it? And what that means and requires is that we learn to accept ourselves fully, even the parts that we don't initially like. It doesn't mean you have to approve of it, but it does mean if it's part of you, it's part of you. It's part of your energy. It's part of your resource. How can you use it for you rather than against you? So when we can accept our judger, that's the beginning of the change. Mm. And it's important to know how to identify when judger shows up. I think often the first way it shows up is physiological, not in our heads. 
So it could be a tight jaw. It could be a feeling of anxiety. It could be noticing that you're pounding your fist on the table. It, it could be that you're saying something that in your head you're going, I can't believe I just said that. But it's important to recognize your own. And, and you saw some of that in the book, maybe, when the coach and I think you all realized from Mamie's introduction that change your questions is a it's a business and relationship fable. It's a pretty quick read. And all of the stuff we're talking about is integrated into the story. And there's a lot. Well, how did you notice your judger? Because if you don't notice it, you can't do anything with it. So it's important to learn to accept judger and important to learn how to notice it. First in yourself, and it could be a lot of different ways. It doesn't have to show up as one, but also to remember as a manager that everybody around you has both mindsets and sometimes people get triggered into their judger and or gripped by their judger. And the one thing you don't want to do is go judger on their judger because they're going to get more in judger, be more unhappy, less productive, et cetera. But back to your question. So there is accepting that that's part of us. It's being able to recognize it non-judgmentally because it's just part of us. And it's learning how to switch, which we were just talking about, which could be a cognitive, a question, or maybe it's just knowing how to take some deep breaths and, and having some somatic, somatic means body, ways to center yourself and calm yourself down. And to be, the more that we do that, the more we immunize ourselves against other people's judger so that they can't trigger us as much, which makes us far, far more powerful, more happy, more productive, more collaborative. And and I will say that learning to accept our judger, I'm making it sound simple, I think it's actually one of the most challenging things in the world. We're always worried about, am I doing well? What do other people think? And that's all the judger stuff. It, it takes something to be more resident in your learner and to cultivate that. Yeah, I was just in a meeting of two hours before we were recording this, and I totally had that experience where there was a question asked of the group. I was there as an advisor. And as soon as the question was asked, I instantly started thinking and I could feel my heart racing. And I was like, what is that? And I was like, what am I so nervous about? And I like, I caught myself in this like feeling or kind of realizing because of my, the way that my heart was racing, that I had set expectations for myself to be able to answer that question with a brilliant answer and that I was nervous that I wasn't going to be able to do it. And I was getting all judger on myself. And I took a couple of breaths and I was like, any, like, you don't have to be brilliant. That's not what you're here for. And was able to share my thoughts without being so judger on myself. But it was a, it was a, a thing. And I don't, again, I don't know that I would have had this language for it before. I think I would have just been like, I'm so nervous. Maybe I just shouldn't talk. <laughs> and I kept going. But by having read your book and having the ability to say, whoa, what's happening in my body right now? Why am I feeling this way? Is this productive? Is this where I want to be going? I was able to really quickly shift into 
how can I contribute to this conversation in a productive way? That's a beautiful story. And it, it just affirms what we were just talking about. It also links mindset and performance. Oh, yes. And I think that's so critical. People tend to think, well, mindset and these are soft skills. No, learning how to think well and not be reactive is not a soft skill. It's an, in fact, when people make fun of, well, that's just a soft skill. And I just look at them and smile and say, oh, so in my opinion, the soft skills are the success skills. Mm-hmm. And then I also say, and soft skills equal hard cash. <laughs> well, I think this is the perfect place for us to wrap up, Mary Lee. So can you tell us where people can learn more about you, get a copy of your book, and find that choice map? Sure. These are different answers. <laughs> First of all, my my website is Inquiry Institute, as it's spelled, dot com. Also, if you go to the website and you look for the place where it says choice map, you take a very short quiz that's useful to you, and then we will send you a colorful choice map for your use. And I encourage you to do that. Post one in your office, post one on your refrigerator. It's, it's, I, I want people to have it tattooed on their brains for the rest <laughs> of their lives. And it. it would make a big difference. People can get the book, well, on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or my publisher, Barrett Kohler Publishers, and most online places. It's it's in many bookstores also, but not all. That's a whole different thing. And we are in a different world of that. And lots of times people get the book because somebody showed them the choice map, or oftentimes coaches will give it to their clients. And then their clients call us and say, well, I need to learn more about this. And then we have ways to help them learn, including a learner community that we're building and book discussions that will be online so that there is a place for people to come ask questions, to share, like the story I share, we call a switching question, a switching story. It's incredibly inspiring to Amazing. hear other people's switching stories and to share your own. That would be the the main well, things right now. Great. Well, thank you so much for walking us through these concepts and the choice map and sharing your stories. This was really, really lovely and insightful. Thank you. Marilee is offering a discount on her question thinking courses to patron members of the Modern Manager community, which includes participants in that skills accelerator. To become a member and get access to our private Slack community, extended interviews with each guest, and dozens of guest bonuses and sketch notes, go to themodernmanager.com slash join. All the links are in the show notes, and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team. I can tell. 
To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.